Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Hey everybody, David here, and I wanted to welcome you to the very first episode of the ASOG podcast. This is something that Lucas Underwood of LNN Performance Auto Repair and an ASOG moderator and myself have been talking about doing for quite a while, and we were finally able to get our schedules together to make it work. We had the honor of having a conversation with Rick White of 180Biz. He also does a lot of work with the Midwest Auto Care Alliance and DriveYourKPI.com. In this episode, we discuss phone shoppers, how to handle them, the struggles we have at our own shops with phone shoppers, and Rick gives you a bunch of insight and tools and tactics to be able to deal with them effectively and eventually convert them into a great customer at your own shop. I hope you enjoy it, and here we go. One of the things that has been coming up a lot in ASOG lately is price yep. shopping. Yep. And, you know, just just the other day, um, somebody posted his name's Damien. He said, well, not everyone is meant to be a customer. She blocked me before I could explain that it takes 2.2 hours. Now she will make it her second job to tell folks I get over on women because she blocked me before she could be a well-informed woman. So, right. But, you know, so, but what, what was, so you got to get beyond that. Did she reach out to him? Yeah, she reached out to him and and I'm guessing she asked for a price and his standard reply was, good morning, Stacy, part fluid and labor with a two year warranty is 425. And she said, no, I have, I have all of that. And I found someone to put it in for 65, but thank you. Your price is high. My radiator only costs 120 and 19 for the coolant. Why your price so high? Just want to know I'm going to count it. So I'll watch my money is what she said. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, these posts, they always start this like rage in the group. And, and, and I think one of the, the themes that I see and, 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 you know, you know, you and I have known each other long enough at this point. I feel comfortable saying this, but, you know, when we first started working together, um, somebody would call and ask a price and I would one of two things either panic because I didn't have an answer or I would be like, oh, I can't believe they asked me that. Right. And and you said something that changed my life when it came to price shoppers. You said, have you ever thought that they may not have any other way to start the conversation? Maybe they don't know what else to ask. And I'll never right. forget that. Because, I mean, 
right? How how else can you start the conversation? If you don't know anything about cars, you don't know anything about how this process works, what else are you going to say? Well, you know, it, it's absolutely true, Lucas. And the fact is, you know, customers a lot of times are dead wrong in what they think they need. Do you know how many shop owners start talking to me saying I need more cars and we start looking at it? It has nothing to do with cars, right? You know, it's what we think the answer is, right? Forgive me, guys. I'm at home. (laughs) So we have the zoo. Um, So the reality is, okay, so there's two mistakes that we make, right? Right. The first thing we think is the customer really wants a price. Right. So the mistake that's made is we shoot out a price because we're trying to close the sale before we've built value or credibility. Right. Okay. And if they're shooting a text to you or a messenger or whatever it is, they're shooting it to 15 other shops. Right. Okay. Now, if every one of those shops gives them a price, the low ballers are going to go for the cheapest price and they deserve whatever they get. The, the most customers, though, are going to say, well, the high ones are too high, low ones I'm afraid of, I'll pick somebody in the middle. But the reality is every price they get, their stress level goes up because there's no differentiation. And in reality, um, you know, your customers start in this conversation with price because that's the only way they know how. And they're begging on the inside. They're begging for someone to connect and guide. Right. Okay. So the biggest mistake we make is we think, well, I'm activity based, right? I'm just too busy. I'm just going to shoot a price out. The second thing is I'm, I'm looking at the sale. Oh man, I could use you. I could really use a radiator today. Let me get that in. That'll be some fast money. The problem with both of those is your focus stops right here at the end of your nose. Right. We are seen as a commodity until we create ourselves as, as, as and until we separate ourselves. Right. Right. Okay. So how do we do that? We do that by connecting. We do that by getting to appreciate and understand their world. Right. And our right. only goal, our only goal, if someone's messaging us, the only goal we should have is to get them on the phone. That should be the only goal. Okay. That's a good then because a lot of these messages are coming in on Facebook, on Yelp. Right. right. You can't have that kind of conversation via text. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No way to tell a tone of voice or anything. No, no. Anybody that's married that's ever tried to have a real text conversation with their significant other. I guarantee you at least one time the side, the conversation's gone sideways because you thought they said something funny and it wasn't meant to be funny. <laughs> David, that was you. What, you know, the first half your marriage, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't tell you the number of times I had to drive from New Hampshire to Connecticut to fix stuff because I misread right. what was said right now. If we're a commodity and that's what they're trying to make us and they don't mean to, but Customer, you got to understand what's the mindset of a of a potential customer when they're when they're calling around looking for help or looking for work to be done. What is their mindset? 
Right. Most people, you know, most shop. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. They're just cheap bastards and they don't want to do anything. And that's not the case at all. They're scared. They're nervous, right? They're afraid of being taken advantage of. And, and they're trying to protect themselves the best way they know how. That's why they're going to Google and YouTube and stuff like that today is to protect themselves. The good customers that the shop owners have that you have a relationship with, they don't do that crap. They just call you up and say, hey, I need something. Or they'll send you an email or a text if I need something. I need it fixed. Fix it. Yeah. So Fix it. So the first thing we should do, let's just go like in stages, if that makes sense. So if someone reaches out with a message, hey, I'm really thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, this is best done on the phone. What number would be best to call you and what time? By the way, right. my name is Rick, and I'm going to help you out. Okay? So we want to start the guiding process right away. Okay? Then we want to get them on the phone. And even though they're asking us for a price, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, I have an amazing three-step process for dealing with price shoppers that works just incredibly well. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I I didn't realize when I, when I came into the industry that there was a way to do that. Right. I, I didn't understand that there was a process behind that. I just said, Oh yeah, yeah. It's this much. Or why are you asking? Right. I, I never realized I that there was a process. A to, or right. I can't exactly. Give you a price. Why? Because you know, yeah, I the, can't the policy. I hate my policies. I don't get priced over the phone. I don't get problems. Yeah. Yeah. And people love policies, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And they really look at you like you're a scumbag after that. Absolutely. Right. And here's the thing. The cool thing is, even after you do it my way, there's still a chance they're going to look at you like a scumbag, and that's okay. That's what we call qualifying the customer. Right. Right? 80% of our headaches come from 20% of our customers. And it's our job on that front counter to find what I call high win probabilities. I don't want to deal with losers. I don't want to deal with people that are bag full of cats crazy. Right. Right? I want to find someone that's really looking for help. Now, they may start with a price question or do you do this or, you know, can you do this or how much is this? 
so the mistake we make is we think, oh, I got to make a sale. And that's a mistake. Once you get them on the phone, you only have two things you want to do. Okay. You want to connect. Okay. And help, right? You want to help. Don't think of the sale. Don't think of the, you know, whatever you're doing. Now's not the time to do this. In auto repair, selling is a two close process. You got to close them on the appointment, get them in, and then close them on the repair. Okay. So what you're going to do, in my opinion, this is what you should do, is you should understand and appreciate their world, start to ask questions, and understand where they're coming from. Get And connect with the customer first. Don't start asking questions about the car. We just said customers afraid, uh, scared, afraid of being taken advantage of, you know, all this concern. If we don't deal with that, we can't get beyond anything else. Right. And, and, you know, think of it like this. I, I know that, that we've talked in so many different directions about that, that they don't know what else to ask. They don't know what to do. And, and we even did a radio commercial on it a while back where we actually brought up the fact that, you know, we're thinking about them first. Right. The, the car is not the first thing that comes up. We, we want to understand what do they need? What are they looking for? Why are they looking for it? Right. And understand where they're coming from. And I, I think that was the hardest thing for me to to grasp in all this. Right. I, I, I just kept thinking that price because I'm sitting at the front counter. I deal with price all day long. Price was my focus. And it took me kind of coming away from the price and and, you know, really looking at my customer and saying, hey, I, I want to help you. Right. I, I want to be here for you. I want to do what's best for you. Right. And that, you know, that's where I came from with this and, and how I started to improve is I focused on what was best for my customer. But understand that that doesn't mean cheapest. Right. Yes. Right. And we're going to talk about that. But ultimately, our goal, number one, is to see if we can help them. If we can help them, then the second function we have on that phone is to get the damn car. That's right. it. Just get the car in. Okay. And if those are your only two focuses, then it's okay. So somebody told asked me once recently, it was one of our groups. Uh, they asked me, they said, when is it a lost cause? When do you, you know, because I, I listened to one phone call was with a, with a prospective customer that was 14 minutes long. Right. And, you know, the, the shop owner asked me, she said, you know, when do you, when do you cut, you know, cut bait and just give up. And I said, when you switch from guiding to convincing. Yeah. If you're there trying to convince them that you're the place to go to, don't bother. Right. You want to, you want to understand where they want to go. You want to understand what their goals are. You want to understand, you know, what their future is with the vehicle, et cetera. And we can talk about that if you want, but ultimately if you, you want to connect Put them first and get the appointment. Right. Right. Because here's the thing. If your pricing model is set up right and you just focus on helping them, everything else takes care of itself. Exactly. But what about these people like David who they don't like to answer the telephone and they, they just, you know, they let them leave a voicemail. <laughs> say, I, I will say I don't I don't always take the approach of trying to. I mean, you can say I'm trying to connect with them, but for me specifically, uh, if they call me up, 
and I, you, you have to identify that they have a problem and you're trying to help them solve a problem. It has nothing to do with the price. So if they call you up and say, how much to do A, B, and C? Well, let's talk about what problem you're experiencing. You're, the car's overheating. Okay, let's talk about that. Has this been right. done? No, this hasn't been done. Okay, uh, or I had one lady call me up. Car was overheating. She'd already taken it to two other shops. Right. But I asked her, what what did they tell you? And she couldn't give me a good answer. I said, well, okay, let's look at your invoice. And she read the invoice, and it was improperly written out. They didn't put tech notes in. It was just uh, uh, cars overheating needs A, B, and C. But they hadn't right. given her any information past that. And right. I said, well, this is what they should have done. And we went through our entire process, what we would do once the car got to the shop. And she's like, well, yeah, that they should have done that. And I, oh, man, I, I, I feel terrible that they didn't do that. They ended up bringing me the vehicle. It was a mm-hmm. fantastic sale for me uh, because I was able to kind of put her mind at ease. But I don't uh, and I want everybody to understand it's not necessarily connecting with them on a personal level. It might just be through the vehicle. But you're still you're you're building that trust, that rapport by talking about their vehicle or giving them a little bit of extra information. I got an appointment today uh, with a guy who uh, wanted to go look at a particular vehicle, which is known for transmission problems. And he wanted to know how much I was going to charge him for a vehicle pre-purchase inspection. And I said, well, what kind of vehicle are you even looking at? And once I gave him some information about that vehicle, uh, he's like, wow, that's great information. That's fantastic. He ended up setting an appointment for his personal car for tomorrow. Uh, and he's not bringing me that turd that is going to have transmission problems because they all do. Um, yeah. And again, it was all building that rapport, that trust through the vehicle. Does that make sense? It's through the vehicle. It does, yeah. but, it, but you still have to see the customer. You still well, sure, have to see sure. their concern. You still have to, you know, because one of the things shops do all the time is someone says how much is, they answer it. Customers, and, and like, here's the worst thing that can happen. Customer says, okay, do it. You think it's a win. You do the work and it doesn't fix the problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now you're in trouble. You've Now you own that puppy. Right. And, and you know, the same thing, right? We, we get the car in. And all of a sudden we recognize that, that the condition's worse than what we expected. And, and, you know, I remember when, uh, I, you know, I, I've learned this lesson. If I'm talking to Rick on a coaching call, I got to make sure I mute my telephone before I, or mute my mic, you know, because I've, uh, in more than one case, he's, I, I can see his eyes getting bigger and bigger in the Zoom call. And I'm like, oh man, I've done it now. And, and, you know, I, I remember a conversation one time where you told me, you said, um, you know, telling them anything before you see the vehicle about the condition of the vehicle or how much it's going to cost to repair is a lie. Absolutely. And that really stuck with me that, that, because, you know, we, we, we work so hard to be honest and ethical and going in the right direction. I, I tell people that all the time that, you know, and, and, and they hear you say that and it takes them back. Right. It's like a reset to the conversation. And, and I'll say that and they'll say, you would lie to me. No, you need to hear what I said. Me telling you anything about your vehicle before I see it is the equivalent of a lie because I don't know. There's no way I can know. There's nothing I can do to know right now. And, and, And here's the thing. Think of it this way here. Your customers coming to you and they're laser focused on price. 
Okay. Right. Now imagine little Lucas got a hold of a steak knife and he's got it in his hand like this, right? Are you going to go over and rip it out of his hand? No, because you'll, he'll cut himself. He could fall. He, he's, he could hurt himself with a knife, right? So right. what do you do? You get something else that he would be interested in, and you make sure you're giving it to him from the position of, so he can't get it with the other hand. And what right. does he do? He's going to drop the knife, and he's going to get that other thing. That's it. So what we've got to do is just very nicely redirect the customer. So the customer might say, how much is this? And the very first thing we've got to do right, is connect with that customer, right? I, I can hear your, you know, I, you know, Lucas, I can hear that you're, uh, you know, that there's some tension here. Um, you know, if you don't mind me asking, so he, I'm going to give you the three-step process. Actually, before I do that, I want to blow everybody's mind. You ready for this? Yeah. What you think is a price shopper is not a price shopper because price shoppers typically have done what? They've gone to a shop, they got a price, went, oh, hell no, right? right. And then they're going someplace. Now they're calling around, right? But I'm going to tell you it's not a price issue. It is 100% a trust issue. Yes. If that Absolutely. customer trusted that first shop, if they understood exactly what was going on, what the value of doing the repair the way they were recommending it was being done, and the benefits they got for doing it with that shop. And they completely believed and, again, had that connection with the person they were talking to. What do you think they would have done? They would have bought the service. Right? They, they would have bought the service. Yeah. They would have bought the service. So the first thing I need you to understand, mind blown, right? It's not a price issue. It's a trust issue. Okay? Yes. So I'm yep. going to give you a three-step process to deal with that. And Lucas, you can tell them how much it works after I taught it to you. So first step. So Lucas, you're going to play the customer. All right. So Lucas, um, I understand you're asking for a uh, radiator in your vehicle. Uh, can you help me understand why? Uh, well, I, I had it in another shop and uh, they told me I need a radiator and uh, I, I didn't like the price. Okay. And but what did you bring it into the shop for? What was, in uh, other words, what was the problem you're trying to solve with your vehicle? Uh, well, it had a coolant leak and, and it was overheating. Okay. And they told you it was a radiator and you didn't like the price. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So now typically they're not going to say that. They say I had it in another shop, right? So right, the second right. question we're going to ask, second question is, Lucas, if you, again, if you don't mind me asking, why didn't you have them do the repairs? Uh, well, it was too expensive. Right. But they're not going to say it like that. Right. <laughs> right. They're going to go. Right, well, that, <laughs> hey, look, that's the shop owner mentality, right? That's what I we're know. Thinking. I know. But the customer, you got to be able to put yourself in the customer's shoes. Customers think, yeah. man, he, he thinks awful highly of his radiators. I got to tell you. Right. right. So, you know, what you're going to say, this is the clincher right here. So the third thing I'm going to say is Luke. Hey everyone, it's Lucas. I'm sorry to jump in, but I thought it was important to come and say this. You know, I'm often asked, why do we always talk about Kim and Brian Walker and shop marketing pros on the show? It's because we genuinely believe in their product. Why do I use them for my own marketing? In fact, they're building me a new website right now. It's not cookie cutter. I kept getting on Facebook and every shop looked the exact same. I didn't want to be that. 
And it's not just that. It's that they're part of your team. When you hire them to do your marketing, they get to know you. They know what you believe. They know what you say and they know why you do what you do. And they share that with your clients. That's huge. And beyond all of that, probably the most important factor in all of this is they stand behind their work. So don't wait. Go today and get your free marketing analysis from Shop Marketing Pros. They're genuinely our friends and they're genuinely here to help shop owners have a better life. Click on the link in the show notes for your free marketing analysis today. That's right. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. Lucas, I hear what you're saying about the price. But you know, as I'm listening to you, it really sounds like you you doubt the entire interaction with that shop. Absolutely. Would you would you agree with that? Absolutely. Fantastic. Lucas, it sounds like what you're looking for is a second opinion. Right. Would you agree? Yep. I agree. Fantastic. Listen, I can get you in tomorrow at three or Thursday at eight. Which would work better? Thursday at eight. Fantastic. Let me get some information from you. Right. And then what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do, Lucas. It's a little bit different, right? From anybody else. Number one, we're going to pinpoint the cause of your concern. We're going to talk to you and keep you in control of the repair process the whole way through. Right. Okay. We're going to show you what we're doing. We're going to tell you why we're doing it. We're going to tell you what the benefit of doing it this way is. If there are options, we're going to give you those options. And then we will make recommendations based on what we understand to be true about, you know, where you're going with this vehicle as far as, you know, how much longer you want to keep it, et cetera. And then at that point there, we're here to help. Right. Right. And and I'm telling you the three-step process, it works. Right. And, and, and the number of times when you say what makes you think you need, right. When you're asking the initial question, the number of times that you you all of a sudden see a different intro into that, right? And and we talk about qualifying the customer, and and in a way, this is qualifying the job. I I, I see it all the time on our front counter, and and when we started training Scott, I said, hey, this is probably one of the most important things you can do when talking to a new customer, talking to somebody that wants to come in for a problem. And he said, why is that? And I said, well, somebody calls and says, I need spark plugs. Do you know how important it is to understand why they think they need spark plugs? It's the most valuable question you could ever ask, right? Well, here's the, well, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do we have a misfire? Do we have a service issue? What makes you think you need, right? And, and you know, I've, I've got to touch on the subject. When we first learned this technique, when you first taught me this, I'm not going to lie. It was a little uncomfortable because, you know, well, you're from Massachusetts and y'all say things different up there. Uh, but no, when you go and you say, hey, what makes you think you need? You've got to you've got to be careful about how your your tone is. Right. You've got to make sure your tone's right. Oh, yeah. I, I can't be rushed. I can't be arrogant. I can't be yep. condescending. I've got to connect and be careful about the Massachusetts thing. You're you're outnumbered, dude. I know, right? Both of you, both of you are Patriots fans. I'm just, just going to point out that that, yeah, that that phrasing is a little uh, rough here in the Midwest. I I do use something very similar though, because you definitely want to steer the conversation in that direction and ask: Has somebody else assessed the vehicle, or has somebody else done any testing on the vehicle? 
And they normally will fess up at that point and say, yeah, I had it down at shop ABC. Uh, and, and that, that then opens up the conversation and goes towards, well, what did they tell you? You know, did they give you this information? Did they give you that information? And then the rest of it is just like Rick is saying is let's talk about what we do here at our shop, the process at our shop, the fact. So we use a DVI and I tell them, I mean, that closes a lot of appointments for me. We take pictures of everything. You're going to be able to see exactly what the problem is with your own eyes. You're not going to need to uh, just like believe me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So that that whole DVI being able to take pictures and they you'll be in in control of the entire process. That one nails it every single time. Every time. Uh, Every time. We won't charge you a dime without your explicit approval. Right. right. Oh, okay. So so there's a couple things. So there's a couple of things I want to say. First of all, Lucas, when someone says I need spark plugs, you're absolutely right. But here's the other thing that we make an assumption on all the time. Someone says, hey, I need an oil change or an oil service. You should be asking the same damn question. Yes. Okay. Because you're thinking, hey, they're just due for a service. That's an assumption and assumptions get you in trouble. The reality is this customer could have a noise in their engine and they're thinking, hey, if I change the oil, the noise will go away. But guess what happens if you don't know that up front? Exactly. And, and, you know, here's the thing is that's, that's where it comes into building a connection with your customer, right? And understanding why, why do they do what they do? Understanding, are we talking about maintenance issues, right? When dealing with a customer who is, you know, hardcore about maintaining their vehicle, we have to handle things differently. And so many of the things, the issues that we run into in the shop start right there on the front counter with the initial call because we didn't understand what they needed. We didn't understand what they wanted, where they wanted to go with this, what their goals and, and their destination with the vehicle was. And I think we overlooked that so often. And it, it's a it's a snowball headed for hell from there. Right. It just yeah, continues it just to roll downhill. downhill. Right. right. And, and the other thing, there's two things from what David said. I, I try very carefully and I use the word try. I. I work very hard. <laughs> Where's I, work, yeah. I work very, very hard. Anybody that knows me, try is off limits. Um, I work very, very hard to get the customer not to tell me where they went because right. they feel very uncomfortable doing that a lot of times. I just want to know if it's been looked at. Okay. Sure, and then sure. I want to say, okay, what has it been? Now, there's some other ways around that. That's fine. The other thing I want to say is, as whoever's on your front counter, you really need to understand that you've got t- three really big tools. Um, first is your state, right? Are you upbeat, positive? Are you focused on helping? Or are you just, you know, the phone rings and you're thinking it's a damn interruption? And, and that's the way you're Rushed and annoyed. At. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing you got to be aware of, right? That's the first tool. Because that initial, you got to understand, you know, it used to be... A, that somebody would draw an impression on your business in seven, seven to 30 seconds. It's a 10th of a second today. Yeah. A 10th of a second, dude, you can't make a mistake here. You can't play it off the hip. You gotta have a plan, right? And the first thing you got to make sure is you're bringing the very best version of yourself to that front counter to help and serve your customer. Look at the rest of it takes care of itself. Okay. It really does stop. If you focus and chase money, your whole, if you do that, it's like getting your, you know, your puppy dog gets outside. 
and you start chasing the dog. What does it do every single time? Runs away. It runs away. You've got to stop chasing it for it to come back. And it's the same thing with success, and it's the same thing with money. Okay? So if you just focus on helping the customer and being there for the customer, it makes a huge difference, and they can feel it. Right? Right. The second thing, um, the second thing when David said, hey, we're going to show you what the problem is, right? I I really, truly believe. So the, so the first thing we got is we got our, our attitude, our mindset that we bring into it, our focus, our intention, our expectations. Second thing we bring into it is the tone of our voice. Look, I can say, I love you. Or I can say, I love you. Right. And they have the same words, but two totally different meanings. And it's simply the difference in tone. Okay. Right. So tone is very, very important. You got to be intentional with your tone. And then the third thing you need, in my opinion, is you got to be very, very graceful and elegant with your vocabulary. Because your words are your tools. That's your wrench. You're, You're wrenching your screwdriver on that front counter is the are the words you use. So for me, instead of using the word problem, I would use the word concern or issue. Right? It it changes the, the focus. Exactly. Yeah. It changes the focus a little bit. And it's not a huge thing. And David makes tons of sales, I'm sure, using the word problem. You know, it's just I have found over the years, and shit, I'm getting old, but I have found <laughs> over the years that words really do make a difference. And if you say it this way, you get one thing. And if you change just one word, it goes up to here. Right. right? You, so I think that's really important. So I think the big thing with price shoppers is to recognize that, that eight, seven to eight out of 10 of them are not really price shoppers. They're value shoppers. They just don't know how to start a conversation with you. Right. Okay. 20 to 30%, depending upon where you are, your demographic, uh, 20 to 30% are going to be price shoppers. They want the lowest price. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't bother. Right. Don't you'll bother. You'll never make them happy. You'll you will never only, make them happy. The only thing you'll ever get is a transaction. You will never, ever build a relationship. And I think that's really important. You know, one of the things I used to say to customers all the time is, look, I'm not here to fix your car today. Okay. I want to, I want to become your car guy. I see, I see this as our first, the first step in our relationship. I want to be your car guy. I want to be your kid's car guy. I want to be your grandkid's car guy. All right. That's the kind of relationship I want to build with you, with you. And I got to tell you right now, that ain't going to happen if I take advantage of you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I think setting the stage, I, one thing that I've learned um, over the years is that, you know, don't be afraid to call that what it is. Right. And come right out and say, Hey, I, I know that, that you may be afraid of being taken advantage of. I know there's other folks that may have taken advantage of you in the past, but we're not going to do that here. And, and, you know, one of the big things we talk about here with our customers all the time is you're part of the family. And, um, you know, we take it seriously, right? If we're going to invite you into our family, we're going to do the discovery conversation. You're going to be a good fit for this family. Because I, not only am I am I watching out for the customer, I'm watching out for our internal customers, our technicians, and our service writer. I'm not going to bring somebody into the shop that's going to tear Scott a new one every single time they come in and complain about no. everything and stress the poor guy out. 
And and a lot of those customers, your genuine price shoppers, the one who's worried about is the oil change $5 more than the guy down the street. If that's really the issue they're going to push, I'm sorry, I, I, I've got plenty of work here. I, I don't need to do that on a on something that I'm not going to generate a profit on anyway. Here's the you thing. I, even if I don't have enough work, I'd rather polish my toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just saying, right? Because I guarantee you the headaches, look at you, you, you cut the price a little bit. You, you, you shortcut the repair a little bit. And what happens every single time? Yep. Yep. Right. <laughs> I, you know, look, I've, I've been telling people this for years. I've, I've said it over and over again. I was talking to a guy, uh, Ryan Martin here in North Carolina the other day. And I said, um, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, you remember when you first started your shop and somebody would come in on a Friday afternoon and say, man, I've, I've got to go out of town by five o'clock. I really need my vehicle done. And you thought you were going to be the hero and you were going to go out there and fix it. And he said, yeah, I do. I said, you don't do that anymore, do you? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, because nothing ever goes right. It always, you know, the car breaks, a bolt breaks, something doesn't work. I never get the car got, or get the car fixed and I'm the bad guy. Right. I never get the car down the road. And that's what so many of these situations turn into. When we try to be the hero and we try and meet everybody's expectation, you know, yeah, it's but, our no, job no, but when we it's it's when we lower our standard to meet to their be, expectation. To be their hero. Right. 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 Hey, Absolutely. Let me, let me let me fudge this one repair and get them as a customer and I'll change them. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that's just it. That's what we do so many times. That's what I used to do before I learned the right way to do it. Right. Because I thought I was helping. I thought that's what they wanted me to do. I thought the customer was right. But it turns out that they're not the professional. It's my job as the professional to guide them and lead them in the direction they need to go. Yeah. Right? Because, and, well, and, y- yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking. We I was talking to uh, I think it was Bob Grove earlier, and I said, you know, we, we're talking about evaluations, for instance. And I said, you're the professional. And I said, so let's say you go to the doctor's office, and and we're over here at the doctor, and you got a cold, and the doctor sees this lump on your neck, but he doesn't say anything about that cancer, right? He just says, well, you got the flu, go on home, here's some medicine. How does that make you feel? Maybe you didn't want to hear that. But he's the professional. It's his job to tell you that, whether you want to hear it or not. We don't just tell people what they want to hear. It's not our job to tell them what they want to hear. It's our job to be the professional and like lead them in the right direction. Correct. And and it's one of those things where we're not there to tell them what they want to hear, nor are we there just to repair what they want. Right. We are there to give them an accurate snapshot of the condition of their vehicle and help them achieve their goals with that vehicle. And they're going to be different goals for different vehicles. Um, but, you know, ultimately, and I lost my train of thought there, uh, but ultimately, you've got a situation where you've got to be able to understand what the customer what the customer wants, not for today, right? Because they're going to say, I want my car fixed, and I don't want to spend any money. Everybody right. says that. You know, we are, there's two kinds of spending, right? There's discretionary spending and non-discretionary spending. Discretionary spending is like, hey, you know, I really want the AirPods Pro, man. I can't wait till I get those. They're noise canceling. They're awesome, right? That's when we have fun with our money. Non-discretionary spending is when we're spending money and we have no choice. And auto repair comes under that. Nobody's going, 
It is, and it's always going to be, just like the dentist, right? It's going to hurt. Now, one of the things that you got to ask a customer, in my opinion, if you've got a customer that's pushing on price, I'm going to ask them straight up, Lucas, are you more concerned about the price, uh, the price or the cost? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, hey, listen, you, you can see their their eyes. I mean, half the time their eyes will kind of roll back in the back of their head and then they come back to consciousness after that happens. And and they're like, right? what? it blows they're the their same mind thing. And I'm like, man, I can understand why you'd think that. But listen, price is a one time thing. Cost is a lifetime thing. Right. Right. And you can give them a story of where. Hey, you know, we were more money. We we char- It was more expensive to get the repair done, but our repair lasted longer. Yeah. So like per mile, per month, per day, our repair was way cheaper than the other shops. Right. And, and, you know, look, uh, that, that kind of leads into something. And David, you are clearly not saying anything. We're, we're kind of starting to wonder if you're alive over there. Um, (laughs) he's probably, he's probably in the shower or something. Oh man. Damn it. Um, well, you know, that, that leads me into something else. And, and I, I think it's another really important thing when it comes to, to the price shopper conversation. And that is that stories are powerful. You know, and and we've all had those stories, right? Uh, well, you know, I, ma'am, you have to understand. I understand that that AutoZone read your code for you, and they told you it was this. But I have to help you understand that that they sell parts; they don't fix cars. And and just last week, we had an experience where a customer came in, and um, she was told she needed oxygen sensors, and it. Turned out it was just a little exhaust leak right upstream of the oxygen sensors. It, it costs less than half of what the, the oxygen sensor would have cost to fix. And by telling that story, not only do you connect with them, and, and 90% of these stories are something that just happened the day before yesterday, yep. but you also educate them. You help them understand why it, it's not what they expect because a lot of these places – you know, whether it's manipulative marketing, whether it's the way that the person at AutoZone portrays it, and I'm not just picking on AutoZone, I think Advance does it too, but it's a lot of of the way that they have been told, oh, we've tested your car, here's what's wrong with it, right? That's not what and, that means. And they're intentional about it, but here's what they did. They got a code, they went back to the computer, plugged in the year, make, model, engine size, put the code in. And then it lists six parts, and it gives you a probability of fixing it. Right. And they it, right. they sell you the first thing, and if that works, great. And if it doesn't, they go to the second thing until they go through all six, and then they tell you go to a shop. Right. Exactly. Right? And and you know, last week, literally last week, I had a lady come into the shop, and she said, "I need this part." And I said, "Okay, you need this part." And she said, "I don't know what it is, but AutoZone told me I need it, and I've got it. Can you put it on?" And I said, let's get you in and find out what's going on. You know, ma'am, what, what's the what's the vehicle doing? And she said, well, it's shaking really bad. And she said, I just had this fixed two weeks ago. I said, well, let's ride over and, and let's take a look. I've got some time later this afternoon. We could take a look at it. And she comes in and it was fixed just two weeks ago. And they forgot to plug up the ignition coils. Right. You know how many shops would have just stuck those ignition coils in and gone right on down the road? And yeah, I mean, it may have fixed it. But was it ethical or moral? No, of course not. No. And, you know, it's really great to do that because you get to see 
you know, even when I tell a customer, I'll ask a customer, you know, hey, listen, when it comes to auto repair, what's the most important thing to you? And they'll say the price. And that's when I say, well, is it the price or the cost? Right. Right. Because I want to get the conversation to a value-based conversation as quickly as I possibly can. Because every shop owner in this country should know clearly what the value is they bring to the table. Right. Because if you don't, and I got to be honest with you, when I start my marketing um, track with clients, the first question I ask them is, as a prospective customer, why would I drive by three other shops to do business with you? And the answer almost every time is, I don't know. Absolutely. That was my That's answer. That's a huge problem. And that is a huge a problem because problem. now you are a commodity and the only thing you can compete on is price. Well, right. just think about the confidence level. Oh, absolutely. And now you, you, you put a lot of tactics out there and you said, well, if they say this then say that, and if they, you know, they come at you this way, you can, you can counter it like this and that's all great. And then you were just talking about how you would get on the phone and using tone and using the right verbiage. But if your confidence level isn't there, if you really oh, yeah. don't know you if you can fix it. their pro- their concern, right? Uh, <laughs> if you if you don't know, if you don't believe it of yourself, you're screwed. Right. I mean, you're, you're well, not going to get off the ground. Your confidence no. level has to emanate from your knowledge, your your knowledge that you can solve their concern uh, properly, right. and that you are the best option. If you don't believe that of yourself, you need to get out of business because you're, oh, you're going to no, do terrible to, on the need- phone you need to go into the woods naked and bang a drum for a while and figure out why, but, or, or go work for somebody else. Right. That, that's but, my point is that you can't, you can't start off because you're right. You, you start talking to a, a shop owner who's having issues and you want to steer the, the conversation to marketing and say, okay, we need to get the phone ringing. Why, why would you drive by another shop to come to you? Are you any good? And I've asked right. that before. Are you, are you a good shop? Are you a good technician? Can you fix anything? Like oh, no. what, what makes how, you different? How about the shop owner that says, no, I hate my techs. They're a bunch of crap. <laughs> right? Is that a thing? And, and, and you're like, wow, and you can't make a sale. I'm like, Why? Right? right? If you don't believe in what you're selling, you're not going to be able to sell it. It's just human nature. And, you know, confidence, not arrogance not cockiness absolutely yeah confidence contact quiet confidence that says i got this right? right like if someone says well you're too expensive that's fine you know hey i could go down the street and get it cheaper and they're worth every penny <laughs> right right absolutely and it's absolutely. and it's like okay and here's what you don't get when you go down the street what's that me you don't yep. get me down the street. You don't get someone that cares about you like I do. You don't get someone that's obsessed about making sure that you get the very best repair that you possibly can. You don't get somebody that is just making sure that the benefits that we give you as part of being our customer is just over the top good. But that's fine. Go ahead down the street. All of now, that internalized. If- internalized <laughs> right oh i'll say it out loud but here's the thing well, I, well i'm saying if you're not going to blurt it out loud have it internalized <laughs> so so here's the thing you know I, I i talk to shops and i say what well, makes you difference we use quality parts and i said okay i said are there shops in your area that use crappy parts and they go oh my gosh yes i said great so do they market 
hey, we use crappy parts to save you money. Right? Two or three times they work. He's like, laughs. And he says, no. And I said, of course not. They're going to say quality parts too. You don't make your value what everybody else is saying. Right. You got to make it something that is unique to you. And we are, every one of us is unique if we would just let us out and stop trying to be professional and proper on the phone and let you out. Go have some fun. Right. So, so like David was talking earlier and he talked about the pre-purchase inspection, you know, how much do you get for that? My answer would have been as much as I can. <laughs> and I said that all the time to people, you know, they say, it, how much do you it get? shocks them, right? It throws them off. It, it, Absolutely. it wakes them up. All of a sudden, this is not the same conversation I've had with the last five guys down the street. Absolutely. Right? And I say it with a smile, even on the phone, they can hear it. How much right. you charge? as much as I can. Right. right? And it's, and it's like, really? And I was like, yeah, man, you want to, you, you want to, are you tired of dealing with the rest? You want to deal with the best now? You're at the right place. Right. right? And, and, you know, I, I think that that leads into another topic. I'm, I'm sitting here. I've got all these posts pulled up and all the comments from this and I'm scrolling down through here and I'm looking at it and it, it really strikes me because every single reply Every single thing that was in here, maybe not every single one, most of them, uh, is where a member really expressed how much they hated price shoppers and how mad it made them. And just seeing someone else go through it, it made them mad, right? Their reply was mad. Yeah. So, and it's it's like, why do they even bother? Why don't they just go die now, right? And And the thing is, these are human beings. Absolutely. And if we can see that, they're not doing this to you. It's not like they got together at Dunkin' Donuts and said, hey, let's call Lucas up and really piss him off. Right. Exactly. And I think that's where we miss it. Right. I think that's where we go down this track is is all of a sudden we become so focused on the car and the problems in the shop and everything going on that we forget why we do what we do. Right. We do this to serve our customer. We do this to take care of people and do what's best for other people because that's how you grow a business. You know, we were talking about, um, I think it was me and you talking about the Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And how before I read it, I thought that the title sounded very arrogant, like, you know, hey, I can read this and take advantage of people. But, you know, the one purpose of the entire book, the one common theme through the whole thing was, is this doesn't work if you're not doing it for the right reason. Absolutely. If you don't have it in the right mind to, to help somebody and move forward with this and do what's best for them, this will never work. Right. I and persuade I, I think- people. I persuade people all day long. Okay. I get shop owners that are nervous. They're scared. I can't do that. I'll go out of business all the time. Lucas was one of them. And yeah, absolutely. And I persuade them all the time. Now, I am proud of that because. There's a, you know, persuasion and manipulation are very, very close. The difference is the outcome. It's the intention. If I'm manipulating Lucas, I'm getting him to do something for my benefit. If I'm persuading Lucas to do something, I'm doing it for his benefit. Right. I'm happy to persuade people. Now, influence you know, we try to control things. We can't control people, right? My wife's tried. 
Okay. Actually all three are, but um, <laughs> that's not words yet. <laughs> so, so the thing is we can't control people. All we can do is influence them and influence your ability to influence somebody is completely driven and based upon the amount of trust between the two people. The higher the level of trust, the more you can influence them. When I start working with a shop, it takes me a lot of effort to get them to start doing small things. But then three months, four months, five months into it, and they're seeing their shops really turn around. Now I suggest something or recommend something, and they're like, okay, let's do it. And it's because we have a track record and there's that trust built up and they know there's nothing I'm ever going to do to hurt their business. Right. Right. And and it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And it's the same with your customers. Right. And, and, you know, so, and I think it's so important that, that you recognize that that's the key. Right. Because we're trying to build relationships with these people. We're trying. This is a long term thing. Okay. No, I'm not trying. I am. I think you figured that out about me by now. Try. We in the South, we just use things like try frequently because it's just, a, you know, ain't y'all and or to. I no, mean, come on now. Fine, but try is, a f- is an excuse in future tense. <laughs> I need so those we, in my life. <laughs> we, so we've talked about your approach when you get on the phone uh, a few key phrases to redirect the conversation and at least qualify them understand so let's talk about what happens because this will happen to you like you were saying two to three out of ten will not care what you provide what value you bring to the table they they just want they just want a price i just need to know a price so and i think i know how you'll answer but when you have that well, why do you think you need it? Let's talk about the process. Where have you been before? Have you taken it somewhere before? You know, let's talk about your primary concern. And they go, no, no, I just need the price. Will you give me a price? I would love to, but I refuse to start a relationship with someone based on a lie. Uh, or some variation of that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's a well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to be, I'm not going to be truthful to you. I can't be truthful to you. I haven't looked at the vehicle and I don't want to just shoot some number off uh, Anything from, from the I hip sh- and have it be so, inaccurate. So, it's going to be wrong. So, but here's what I'm going to say, David. I'm going to say, okay, we've agreed that you didn't trust that place, but what you want me to do is give you a price on something you don't really believe is the problem. Or at least you don't know. You don't trust it right. to be the problem entirely. Right. Yeah. So that really seems ludicrous to me, doesn't it? I understand you don't want to be taken advantage of. I get that. I don't either. I work too hard for my money to do that. Listen, I also, I can't afford cheap. I don't make enough money to buy cheap stuff. Because <laughs> I can't afford to buy it twice. Sure. Right? I can only right. buy it once. I'd rather pay a little bit more and get it done right. Than to you know get the cheapest price and go yeah I did it. it it's ridiculous <laughs> and, I, and I think it's because I, it's very easy for someone to get agitated, angry. I'm talking about the customer. They're just they're calling for price. They called three other shops. The other shops mm-hmm. just shop price, shop price, shop price. You're ten minutes into this conversation. You haven't given them a price. You're trying to steer the conversation to a different direction. They're not budging. And they just gave it a look. Are you going to give me a price or not? You say, look, I'm really sorry. I'd like to, 
but I really need to look at the vehicle. So you're not going to give me a price. No, I'm sorry. But at least with some sincerity, some empathy saying, look, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Just understand that you can at least let them off easy. They'll just move on as opposed to, and this was Damien's concern was that the way he had said it, or at least her response indicated that she was going to blast them on, uh, on the internet. And she possibly could have done that. Um, but that's what he was worried about. Um, Here's the thing. Negative reviews are going to happen and every one of us needs some haters. Okay. Um, I trained at vision one year and had one lady that gave us all terrible marks on our comment cards. And it was because my shirt's untucked. Okay. Now I don't tuck my shirt in. I, I just never have. I'm casual. It's casual for me. And plus, Trust me, you don't want to see this tucked in. So we're just going to leave it at that. But, you know, I can't fix that. I'm not going to try to. It Their reaction to what you say has nothing to do with you and everything to do about them. And and you've just got to be okay with that. And, you know, if I was talking to somebody, I just want a price. And I'm going to say, well, have you called around at all? Yes, I've got four other prices. Okay, so you've got four prices. What are you looking for? What has to happen for you to make a decision? Let's just drag the elephant into the middle of the room and shoot it. You've got four prices. Why haven't you picked one of them? Well, I still think they're too high. Based on what? Right. Based on what? Now, conversation shouldn't be 10 minutes. When you do this right, conversation should be three to five minutes. Right? If I have a 10-minute conversation... I'm no longer guiding. I'm trying. I'm trying to convince, and that's when you got to stop. You got to sure. learn that hey, yes. this isn't going to work. Listen, I think this time we're not going to be a good fit. I wish you well. If you get stuck, please feel free to give me a call again. Have a great day. And and you know, I think that there's some things that that we should probably address, and and some of them are that the way that we handled it. You know, when I'm talking to my customers about my repairs, I'm not talking about parts and labor and fluids. I'm talking about a completed repair with a warranty. And, uh, you know, Dutch is giving me a hard time for saying that, but I mean, that that's really what I'm bringing to the table. I'm not bringing a part. I'm not bringing labor. I'm bringing a complete package. And, and I stand behind that entire package. And, you know, as I read over this, I can tell he's frustrated. And, and one thing really caught my eye as I read his message and she said, or he said, she blocked me before I could explain that it takes 2.2 hours. Mm-hmm. Boys, I'm telling you what, I, d- I do not talk to my customer about time. Because time's not what I'm selling. I'm selling. Talk to your customers in dollars. She doesn't even understand that. I like 2.2. No, no. You, talk, you talk to your customers in dollars. You talk to your techs in time. Right. That's it. Okay. And again, let's say they say, well, I can get it done a hundred dollars cheaper or down the street. Now, I want you to understand something. Somebody says that to you, you feel like you got no power. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. What they're telling you, in, a, in essence, is they want what you got, but they want to pay that price. They want what you got. They want you to fix the car. They want your quality. They want all of that. But they're trying to compare the two. Well, why don't you go down the street and get that done? Well, no, no, no. I want you to do it. Great. This is the price. You know, it's, you know, I'll tell you something really funny. One time I had a regular customer come in 
and we uh, he came in with a check engine light, and my check engine light diagnosis um, started at one hundred sixty dollars. Okay, now that doesn't seem like a lot of money today. Uh, that was in nineteen ninety eight. Okay, I was going to say back in the sixties. <laughs> in his tracks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me, that's not stopping me in the tracks. Um, I'm thinking he's, Lucas, he's trying to me, censor himself. <laughs> I'm thinking, Lucas, remind me to talk, talk to you about the price increase um, when we talk next week. Um, <laughs> so, so seriously, uh, the guy's like, I don't want to pay that much money. And I'm like, okay. And I had this guy that was doing cleanup and stuff in the shop. And he was like sad sack from Charlie Brown. He walked into the shop and he was like a magnet for dirt. He had scraggly hair, tattoos, really gaunt. I mean, he looked like a druggie. I mean, it was just, he was a good kid, but he was just scary from an impression. Right. So I called him over to my office and Scott come up and uh, I looked at my customer and I said, I'll let you have him for 80 bucks. And the customer turned white. I said, thanks, Scott. And Scott's like, what? I don't understand. So, so, so the, the customer looked at me and goes, I don't want him working on my, your, my car. I said, who do you want working on your car? He said, I want your best tech. I said, great. Sign right there. Sign on the dot. <laughs> well, you know. You so got to have fun. Were- that's, that, that, that's bringing, right? That's bringing a little bit of sass, but it's bringing reality to people in a way that's fun right and 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 you should you know one of my goals is always to get people to laugh because laughter is a buying signal if people are uptight angry frustrated they're not laughing trust me right but if you get if you get some laughter out of them you can crack a couple of jokes and you get them to laugh there's an amount there's there's an amount of comfort between the two of you and you can build on that so you got to be constantly gauging your customer. You got to be aware of where you're at in your sales process. You have to be aware of where they're at in their buying process. And you have to be aware of where your customer is at from an emotional perspective. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, so we've got some questions, right? And, okay. and so a couple of the questions are um, how do you tell them? And, and we've really already answered this. So let's drop down to the next one. David, you can edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> How much to replace my said part? I already have the parts and fluid. That's something I run into from time to time in the shop. Love to hear y'all's take on it and see how y'all would handle that. I think we already answered it. If so they have their part. Well, I, well, I get it. But based on what information, though? So, yeah. you know, who who's looked at the vehicle? Oh, my, my dad looked at it, but he can't do the work. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Right. Oh, that, that gives you a warm fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll bring it in. We can do an assessment and I can give you an accurate uh, estimate on, on what you actually need, including pictures. We measure everything. You give them the spiel. But it, the fact that they say, well, I already have the parts and, and then I have the fluid. So that doesn't matter. You still need the car in the door. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell them at that point, and I'm sorry, uh, we don't install parts. We don't source ourselves. And that Why? sort of, well, we have a very, we have a very careful vetting process of our part suppliers and vendors. 
I need to make sure that that part is going to last. And we have a very long track record with the vendors that we currently use and the specific parts. So we're very careful about choosing that particular brand for that particular make and model. That's, that's my spiel, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right. So Candace has a question. She says, my husband, cousin, or best friend's nephew replaced XYZ, but it still leaks coolant. What would you charge me to fix it since the parts are new? So what we're going to do is say, well, clearly what they've done hasn't really taken care of the issue for you. I really think what we need to do, the best thing for you to do at this point is for us to step back, start at the very beginning, and let's figure out what's really going on before we throw some more parts at it. What do you think? Absolutely. Slam dunk. That's an easy one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're, they're, David, <laughs> yeah, you don't I even still, have anything to say. I still, I still made it sound good. <laughs> I, I will say that for me, the, the most difficult ones for me to handle are the ones that just insist on getting a price. Uh, and they, I can hear them getting agitated on the phone because they don't want, they don't want to hear what I'm telling them. They just want a price and you having to repeat yourself and say, look, it's not in your best interest for me to just throw some price out there. You've already got price quotes from other shops. It, you know, it's very likely that what they're telling you is probably all within 10% of each other. Um, and, and th- those are the most frustrating for me. I will say the the rest I'll- of them, you just. They're easy. I mean, so I don't so get agitated best, by them. So the again, the thing, David, that you got to stop doing is stop convincing. And what I do is I end the call. See, one of the things, the one of the strongest positions you can have in sales is being willing to walk away, sure. right? Absolutely. And, and by saying to the customer, "Listen, I respect you too much to start our relationship with a lie." So I don't think we're going to be able to help you this time. I wish you well. Good luck. If you get stuck, let me know. We're here. We want to help. But I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to say goodbye now. Yeah, that's good. You're I like done. that. Yeah, you're done. Don't stop convincing them. Stop telling them these other shops are this and this and that because you're still convincing and it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah for right? sure. And 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 you don't you don't end up any better off for it. Right, no. you, you end up with somebody that that's in the exact same situation in your shop as as they were in another shop, and you know, I I always ask my customers one of the things that I'll talk about if if price is a genuine objection, and and you know, some people are asking, well, well, how do you know that price is really the objection? I think we covered that, but you know, something I'll ask is, did you buy the cheapest car? And they'll say, what? Did you go out and look for the cheapest car you could buy? Well, no, that's crazy. Why would you buy the cheapest repair? Did you buy the cheapest TV? No, of course not. I I want a nice TV. I don't want a 12-inch black and white TV. Of course, because it's not just about price. It's about value. It's about quality. It's about so much more than just price. Find the right thing. So what you got to do is say, do you want to just spend money or do you want it fixed right with a repair that's going to last? Exactly. Right? and. It's, 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 this stuff is easy. And here's the thing. And that's what I said at the beginning of of our time together here is I said, there are still going to be people that think you're an ass. In fact, I had this one guy, I went through all of this and I just, I ended it exactly the way I told you. I said, I'm sorry. So the guy says, you're not going to give me a price. I said, no, sir. He says, you're an ass. And I said, you have a great day. And I hung up. That's not me. 
Yeah, that isn't right. my problem. That's not my fault. That's exactly. him. That's his yeah, expectations. Exactly. No one knew when to make upset. the call. He's upset because it's my shop and I won't play ball by his rules when it's my bat, my ball, and my glove. No, 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 no. I have a window of opportunity and service that I'm going to offer. And if that works for you, fantastic. And if it doesn't, Right. I'm going to tell you the the most dangerous thing a shop owner can do is exit their standard operating procedure, step down their service, step down their quality, step down their price, whatever it is. That's the most dangerous thing you can do with any customer. I I think by far that is probably the dangerous, most dangerous thing you could ever imagine doing. Uh, Step away from the policy. Well, we won't do an evaluation this time. Oh, well, you know, just this one time I'll install that part. It's just that one time that catches you. Here's the thing, because it's not one time. It's the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the beginning. It's not a one-time event. It's the beginning from the customer's perspective. So here's the thing. Um, so you present a repair to the customer, and it's 650 bucks, And the customer says, you know, maybe you're a little slow. And if you're a little slow, that's a separate issue, and it shouldn't be come out here. It should be like, hey, I need to get more parts. But you give the customer a price, and they say, well, I can get it at $100 cheaper down the street. And you're like, man, I really need the money. I got some good profit in here. I'll give them the hundred bucks off. You got to understand, you think you're being a hero. What you just did was take a sledgehammer to trust. Yeah. The customer no longer trusts you. They feel like anything they bought before that call, you took advantage of them on. And what you've just trained your customer to do is price shop you every single time. You go to the customer. They bring the car to you. So now, here's what I'm going to recommend you say. When they say, I can get it $100 cheaper somewhere else. Sir, my price is fair and my price is firm. Because some people are just trained through life experiences where, hey, if I go to Starbucks and say, man, that's kind of expensive. Can you do something for me? Geez, I can do this for you. Because they're just, we're trained to just see if we can get something extra you just got to be, again, it's that confidence issue. And I'm willing to walk away from the repair. I'm willing right. to walk away from it. I don't care. I want to help yep. you until you don't want me to help you. You know, and and here's the other thing that happens when you do that. And I've learned this the hard way. You've all watched me. Both of you have watched me do this. When you go and you undermine your policy or you step back like that, everybody in the shop sees it. Right. If you've got a service advisor on the front counter that sees you do that, boys, you have set yourself on fire. You you have lit your own ship on fire. You're in you trouble. You've got one uphill battle. Yep. Absolutely. And and you know, I, I think it's so easy to look at this and and say, you know, yeah, I, I get it. It's frustrating. Price shoppers are frustrating. Rick, what do you say? David, what do you say to those who gets so frustrated? I, I'm looking at these comments. I just can't get over how upset everybody got. What What would you say to somebody who's just getting so frustrated every time somebody comes in that, that's a price shopper? What What would you say to them about being upset about it? So I would say three things. Okay. Number one thing I would say is, listen, seven to eight out of 10 are not price shoppers. They're That's just the only way they know how to start the conversation. They're begging, begging. For somebody to 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 grab the reins and guide them through a process, and they're gonna you're gonna get a customer to win. So that's the first thing. Second thing I'm gonna tell you is you're seeing them as an interruption instead of there to help them. Okay, 
when you see things as an interruption, now it's something that's happening to you and you start to personalize it. And when I personalize it is when I get emotional. You, you got to keep it out here. This is not a personal thing. This is their issue, not yours. You're there to answer the phone, connect with them, see if you can help them. And guess what? If I can't, if they don't fit my window of service, geez, I'm really sorry. Doesn't seem like we're a good fit. Have a great day. Take care. Be done. Don't get sucked into it because you got to understand there's this thing called complementary and non-complementary behavior. David, I think you've been in a class where I've done this. I'll ask somebody in the class to put their, their hand up and I'll walk up to them and put my hand against theirs and push. Guess what they do? Push back. They push back every single time. It's unconscious. That is called complementary behavior. When I push, they compliment and push back. If I push harder, guess what they do? They push back. And if I push harder and they can't push harder, now they're going to kick me somewhere, right? Because (laughs) what's happening is through the complementary behavior, it's escalating. So even if you don't say something wrong, you're using the right words, but you can hear the frustration and aggravation in your voice. It's going to set your customer off and they're going to get testy. Okay. It's just what's going to happen. So what you need to be is, is you, they're going to come in like this and you got to go like this. And that's when you make them come to you, right? You got to use non-complimentary behavior. And that's why we start asking questions because we all know that in sales to control the process, you've got to be the one asking the questions. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of the ASOC podcast. We'll be putting these out once a week, so stay tuned for more. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.